Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to A Glass with Wolfgang. I'm your host, Wolfgang. This is the second installment of A Glass with Wolfgang podcast. Uh, And just right off the back, I'll get it out of the way. I understand that on the first episode, I was saying A Glass of Wolfgang a lot instead of A Glass with Wolfgang. That is my apologies. I will uh, chalk that up to being a beginner podcaster. My apologies once again. Alright, moving on. So the rundown for today's episode is, uh, you know, craziest sports story I heard all week. Uh, just a highlight, we'll discuss uh, the Royals, obviously. Uh, Georgia State, hell yeah. Gotta love some college football action already, week one. Um, just a quick shout out to Clowney. Uh, we've got the craziest sports story I heard all week, and that's pretty much going to be a completely uh, democratic debate uh, geared. So... We'll uh, kind of give an overview of that because the stage is now set. And as I've said in the first episode, we're going to end up discussing that. So we'll kind of set the stage for that uh, episode in the future. Um, next, we'll have the dog of the week. I'm going to keep that a surprise till we get there. And then, uh, you know, here we go. Let's dive in. So, as always, as we will always do in every single episode, the uh, first thing we'll discuss is what's in Wolfgang's glass like I said in the first episode I uh, hope that you guys are just kind of sit back relaxing you know or you know like I said I don't know what you do with your podcast but that's what I do I like to sit back and relax so we're gonna have a glass every episode this today's episode will uh what's in Wolfgang's glass today it's Johnny Walker Black uh this is kind of a backstory this is to me the epitome of acquired taste i mean a lot of people obviously say wines and acquired taste I mean, first most people when they first try they're like this is kind of bitter i don't like it blah blah blah. i believe i think i was the same way with wine as well um but this is uh you know johnny walker black i think was hit a new level for me i remember the first time i tried it i mean obviously i was a little under the influence it was for my uh recent birthday and my buddy got it for me at a bar i was just like i've never had johnny walker i didn't need to try this one sip in and i was like this is awful why is everyone held this to such a high standard as i mentioned in the last episode i received a good bit of alcohol from my recent wedding and uh johnny walker was one of them um so this is once again another one of those uh you know i i was like i gotta give him another try it's you know the gold standard a lot of people would say so i did and it's good and it's definitely got like a almost like a woody taste i would say yeah i would describe it as like a wood taste almost you're sitting there tasting tasting the oak barrel that sat in for you know 10 years so that's what i've got once again you guys are welcome to have a glass with me or if you're under the age of 21 you know just have the tea just sip the tea i was called out by my wife for uh misquoting sophie turner so i apologize i will no longer attempt to quote i would just say just have the tea if you're under 21 i don't know i don't know what that voice was all right moving on first uh craziest sports story i heard all week uh royals were sold for about one billion dollars um that's kind of crazy to me um i mean obviously uh miami went for about 1.2 billion but i think i feel like there's a lot more um potential equity and value i mean 200 million dollars is nothing to sneer at but in the grand scheme of things, $200 million isn't that big of a difference when you're buying a sports team. 
So the fact that the Royals were only $200 million less than the Miami Marlins, that's kind of crazy to me. The Royals are like, you know, your staple child, like, of of the small market, you know. When they were making the World Series, winning the World Series, uh, that was the whole thing, is that everyone talks about how they're the small market team. It's crazy. They play good baseball, blah, blah, blah. So it they are a small market team. Kansas City, I mean, it's a great sports town in general, but... Uh, media-wise, uh, um, the amount of money that comes into the city specifically, it's obviously a lot less than you know a town, a city like Mar- Miami, which is huge. Um, so that that was just surprising to me. I guess that's just kind of they probably hiked up the price because it's such a kind of family business. I would say um, the guy who bought it is a uh, has lived in Kansas City for you know over four decades. So I'm sure the fan base loves that. You know, as a Pirates fan, I hope that this day comes sooner rather than later as well, where we get an owner who actually cares about, uh, you know, winning. That would be great. Anyways, uh, so that was pretty crazy. One billion dollars. It should be interesting to see if anything drastic changes. It doesn't sound like it will. Just different owner, different person getting putting the name on the paycheck. Uh, other than that, I just that was the big thing that I took away from it, is the fact that the Royals are uh, were basically valued at only 200 million less than the Marlins. I mean, obviously the Marlins are terrible right now, but just looking at future value, looking at the accessibility of where they're located, everything like that, it's just that's interesting to me. So uh, also another thing that recently happened, um, Jadavian Clowney was traded to the Seahawks. Uh, this isn't kind of close and personal to me. I went to high school right down the road from his high school, so I've kind of been following him since you know we were like 16 we're about the same age so it's just uh, well i guess gave away my age i suppose and there you go you're welcome but yeah it's awesome i personally think it's a great move for him he's going to do uh, big things there i think he's going to have a little motivation to play i mean i thought it was very all right, all right here's my summary uh Jadavian Clowney is a freak of nature I mean, really, when you look at him, he's huge, and he's still incredibly fast. And so that obviously manifested itself very early on when he was like 16 years old. I mean, I remember I ran track, and he was at one of our track meets. He walked up to the shot put. He takes it, the shot put, doesn't even use right form that, you know, all the coaches, he just kind of throws it, just throws it. Wins by over 10 feet. He walks after he throws. He starts walking away, and they're like, "Where are you going, Javen?" Like, well, actually, back then everyone called him Doodoo. That's a fun story. Uh, yeah, he uh, Doodoo was his nickname in high school, and I mean, I personally took it into college because we went to the same college as well at South Carolina. Uh, so I thought that was just kind of funny. Uh, his that was his nickname was Doodoo. Uh, but yeah, so they're like, "Doodoo, where are you going?" He's like, "He's like, man, I just know I I know I just won, so." I mean, if really someone ends up beating me, just, you know, come find me. That's He just knew what he was, and everyone applauded him for what he was. Uh, and so I think that kind of manifested a poor work ethic because everything came very easily to him. Uh, so he never really uh, was pushed to really work harder than he needed to because he never really had the need. He needed, never needed to work hard. So he gets into college, same thing. He just It's just natural physical skill and talent 
Uh, I mean, he had Steve Spurrier as his coach, who's pretty laid back and lax as it is, and that was in his later years as coach. So on top of that, he's definitely, you know, he definitely wasn't being like, all right, Jadavian, like, you got to be working out at 4 a.m., blah, blah, blah. Like, that's, that would, we all know that wasn't happening. He was too busy prowling around South Carolina trying to pick up my, uh, my hallmates. Yeah, true story also on that one, too. And his uh, Chrysler 300. That somehow a uh, you know freshman in college can afford. Hmm. Anyways, so yeah, he's I think, and then he went to you know the Texans. We saw he had a rough time. He had a rough transition period. I mean, he was getting injured, quote unquote. I don't know how severe the injuries actually were. I think it was just the kind of getting smacked in the face. And he, this is this is a new reality that he actually has to work hard. He's finally hit that part aspect of life where he actually has to start working hard and it kind of hit him in the face and I think it was fantastic for him to have J.J. Watt on the opposite side playing the same position the dude J.J. Watt is just another freak I'm sure like at some point I'll have a segment specifically about him because he's a good dude and he's a like just grinded out worker um I mean obviously his whole family is that way you got T.J. Watt on the uh on the Steelers as well, which I've obviously become familiar with him since he came to the NFL. But yeah, just I think it was a great relationship he built. As you saw, the potential finally started showing the past couple of years with the Texans. I think he ended up with like nine or ten sacks both seasons. And I'm not even sure if he played the. I don't think he played the full season still. So um, you know, hopefully this year is his contract year. He knows he needs to, sh- you know, show up or shut up. So he's going to be playing in Seattle, which we all know Pete uh, Carroll is very lax with his players. He lets them kind of do as they please in their free time. He doesn't really push anything on them. I think it's you could compare it a lot to uh, it's basically like the West Coast version of Steve Spurrier. You know, if you're going to say Spurrier is the, the token kind of good old boy from the Southeast, you're going to have Pete Carroll, who's the good old boy from the West Coast. So I think that combination is going to be really good for him now that he's learned what the heck he has to do to be in the NFL and be, succeed in the NFL. But yeah, so props to him. Uh, uh, side note, uh, definitely uh, the Seahawks destroyed the Texans in this trade. Uh, <laughs> I saw a tweet earlier that it was um, a guy tried to do the same exact trade that happened uh, on Madden and Madden literally had like a 3% interest level which if you're unfamiliar basically goes by percentage of like the interest and whether or not they'll accept it and you basically have to get up to about 70 to 80% before you can even consider or the computer will actually accept a trade so that's <laughs> that's that's they got away with murder let's be honest um, the, so we'll see how that plays out I, I'm obviously going to be noting that for the whole season uh, see how he's doing. You know, it's a contract year, so if he just shows up and puts up, you know, 14, 15, 16 sacks, you know, he's that's he's set up. He he will find his footing and get what he needs to do to become an all-time great player because that would be great to see another one. The good fellow Gamecock succeed. You always want to see that for, uh, you know, everyone wants to see their fellow alumni succeed together. Uh, so last, last sports sports now. Moving on. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm a big college football fan, obviously, as I was just sitting here talking about it. So Georgia State beat Tennessee. I can't talk. 
Obviously, I'm not even going to get into South Carolina. That's that's a whole other thing. I'm going to wait. I'm going to watch them play against a really terrible Charleston Southern team this weekend. And if they still put up the same similar performance, then I'm, I'm going to really start ranting about that. But I'm going to hold off on that for now. But yeah, Georgia State beats Tennessee. Home opener. Tennessee's at home. Playing Georgia State. Georgia State's been D1 for two years now, I think. Not entirely sure. I can't remember. Oh, another one quick other reference to South Carolina. Um, Sean Elliott is the coach of Georgia State, who is South Carolina's interim coach after Spurrier left in the middle of the season. And we played very well under Sean Elliott for what the talent was on the team. Um, and then we decided to go with Muschamp instead of Sean Elliott. And now we are seeing how bad of a decision that was. South Carolina was just really disappointing this week. Really, really disappointing. Once again, back. All right, Georgia State, Sean Elliott at the helm. Unbelievable upset. I'm going to, side note, I also put a very uh, pretty good bet on that one, live betting uh, at mybookie.ag. Sign a check. You're welcome, mybookie. But yeah, so that's another. I'll actually get into that later. I'm probably going to start a betting segment at some point in the future, so. Be on the lookout for that. That's what I'm saying. We're just gonna keep building this podcast. That's this is what it is. We're this is the foundation right now. We're just gonna build. Uh, that's kind of the point, and that's kind of what we're gonna continue working with. All right. So I guess that's enough sports for you listeners that are more here maybe for politics instead of uh, sports. So moving on to this politics. So just uh, this isn't like a specifically a crazy story uh, as the title of craziest political story i heard all week uh this is just more of a rundown so real quick um so we've had a couple of dropouts in the past week or so a week or two um just to briefly address them Uh, obviously we're talking about the democratic side i mean i think it's pretty clear that trump is going to be the nominee on the republican side so we're going to focus on the democratic side but yeah so gillibrand um gillibrand I don't know. I don't know. I'm really, unfortunately, bad at pronouncing some people's names. I'm really sorry. I'm probably pronouncing her name wrong. But anyways, moral of the story is she had over $10 million in the bank, and she couldn't even make it to under a year out. Like, I mean, like the election is in November 2020. This is, we're in September of 2019. She, she had $10 million in the bank and still could not pull a 2%. I think that should tell you something about your national um, appeal. So I think she should probably just stick to uh, New York. Um, I think maybe people are a little jaded and think she's another Hillary. I don't know. That's super aggressive guess by me there. Anyways, okay. Another guy that dropped out was the Washington governor, Inslee. From my impression, at least I got at the debates, it seemed like he's was basically only there for climate change. He, it didn't sound like he really had any other uh, you know, platform to have. It was just completely based around climate change, which obviously is a huge issue, issue for the Democrats this, this election cycle, but <laughs> you got to have more of a platform than just one, one topic there, bud. So, yeah, that was a quick dropout. That was, that was pretty expected, at least from what I saw at the debates. Um, and then Governor Hickenlooper from uh, Colorado. That was kind of surprising to me, but then, you know, he 
right after within I think like a week of him dropping out he announced he was running for senate so it's pretty clear with what he was doing when he was running president he was not trying to actually legitimately run for president he was trying to get his name out there and I think a lot of people were arguing would argue that uh, Governor Bullock of Montana is doing the same thing but I'll get to him in a second because he still technically is in the race so I'll get to him in a second uh, but yeah Hickenlooper another governor uh, he's obviously was just trying to get his name out there for the Senate. So those are our dropouts for now. I'm sure there's within the next month or two, we're definitely going to get a lot more dropouts. So we'll just see enough about the dropouts. Let's talk about the people that are actually in the debate, which it ended up being, it's only going to be one night now because they got down to 10, 10, uh, candidates. It's going to be on September 12th at, uh, 8 PM. It's going to be a three-hour debate, and, you know, you got ten candidates, so you got to have a lot of time for everyone to get their voice out there, which hopefully we we hope that it will be equal, but as we've known from the past of many, many long years, I actually wrote a thesis on this in law school. Uh, you know, candidates do not get equal time at these debates, and it's very obvious, it's very frustrating because... Just because they're polling at a certain number, have a certain amount of money, have a certain amount of brain recognition, I believe doesn't mean that the other candidates shouldn't get equal time because on the debate stage, this is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about anything else. I'm talking about the debate stages. They earn the right to be on that debate stage, so everyone should be having close to equal time. Like That's the whole point is they're trying to find the best candidate, but in the end of the day, they're not finding the best candidate. They're just trying to find the right candidate that the Democratic National uh, Party, the, all the party leaders, want. It's not who they, who's probably the best for the constituents, it's the best for the party leaders. And that's how our political system is right now. It's unfortunate, but that's the reality. So, 10 people, huh, there you go, there's a tangent. You're welcome. That's, that's I think I'm going to try to trademark that phrase. That's a tangent, you're welcome. All right, so 10 candidates that made the cut. Obviously, uh, Mr. Joe Biden, our former vice president, uh, Senator Senator Booker from New Jersey, Mayor Pete from good old South Bend, Indiana, uh, Julian, Cash, uh, <clears throat> sorry, Julian Castro, the former housing secretary. I'm, this is another quick tangent. I'm, I'm honestly impressed with him just... The fact that he's making it this far, he's having this much of an impact. Like, let's be honest, a housing secretary isn't the uh, highest of positions to jump to presidency. It's a pretty big jump. So uh, props to him for just still being here, sticking it out. I mean, obviously, he's getting the fundraising numbers and the polling numbers. So props to him. Um, Senator Harris from California. We're all very well aware of her. Personally, I am not a fan at all. Uh, I think I'll I'll get into that more when we watch the debates because I'll have, you know, right up in front evidence of why I strongly dislike her as a candidate and kind of as a human, too, as well, honestly. Um, anyways, moving on. Uh, Senator, uh, oh, here's another name I'm going to butcher. Uh, Senator Klobucher. 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 Uh, Senator Klobuchar, I'm not going to lie, I just went and looked up the pronunciation because I did not want to butcher that too hard. Um, so, continuing on, um, uh, good old Beto, Beto O'Rourke from Texas, uh, 
I think everyone's pretty familiar with him. He had a pretty big coming out party when he went up against uh, Ted Cruz and lost by very, very narrow margin. Um, he's obviously I'll get into this more after the next uh, debate, but he's been very underwhelming for me. I don't know if he kind of has become jaded from that race. Like, I mean, if I lost by that close of a margin, I would be pretty, uh, pretty, pretty solidly hit mentally. But maybe that might be it. But he just seems very uninspired to me, at least right now. I mean, maybe he will change his tone in the next debate. And that's why I said I'm not really going to get into too much about these candidates right now until I see him at the next debate. Then Bernie. I don't think we need to say anything about Bernie. We all know Bernie. And then uh, Senator Warren as well. I think we are all pretty familiar with her. She's been a fixture in American politics for a very long time now. Um, And then lastly, Andrew Yang. I think he, of this 10, other than Julian Castro, I think he's one of the big surprises as well. Uh, his his Yang gang is very strong. It's he's got a great Twitter. I'll be honest. I follow him. He's a great follow. I recommend it. Um, he I he's this UBI thing. That's his main thing. He's pushing for universal basic income. It's a flat rate of thousand dollars a month to everyone. Is the simplistic part of it. Obviously, once again, I'll get into it more for the the uh, debate episode. But um, yeah, he's. I don't. You can't. I don't. I don't think he has a realistic chance, honestly. Still to this point. Um, but he definitely. So I can't call him a dark horse. I'd like to call him a dark horse, but I don't think he's a dark horse because I don't think he actually has a chance. But it's great to see him that he's still in it, and he's, you know, giving a fresh perspective because I think a lot. Most of the other candidates have a pretty similar message. And it's just the kind of trying to sort out the likability of each uh, candidate and who has the best chance of beating Trump. But Andrew Yang comes in and he has his basically his own message he's trying to get out, his own message, his own way of delivering it. I mean, he's obviously not a politician. He's just an entrepreneur. So he obviously comes in with a different mentality. Think about uh, recent. I can think of uh, recent candidates who were uh, just an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, didn't have any political back. Oh, he's our, he's our president right now. So, obviously, the people have shown already that, you know, you don't have to be a senator. You don't have to be a representative. You don't have to be a governor to become president anymore. I think that became the standard for a while. I mean, obviously, Reagan broke it. We have these guys that come in and break it every 50 years or so. But I think with uh, the addition of social media and everything like that, I think... The door is wide open for anyone. I don't think it needs um you just don't have to have a political background anymore to become president, which it would just go against all knowledge, you know. And 50, 60, 70 years ago, you'd be like aghast that someone without any political background would have a chance of becoming president, let alone actually win. So that's that's the reality we live in now, and that's kind of just something we need to keep in mind. So, you know, props to the Yang Gang. Um, so yeah, that's the list of everyone's going to be in the debate stage, just 10 of them. Uh, it's only one night. Um, I think that's what everyone wants, but I was reading up on it a little bit more, um, for the October. So each, there's a debate once a month, which is nice. I like that. 
Um, and then an October one, they are not really changing the specifications of like how you get into the debate. So it very well could be again two two nights again in October. So we'll just have to see how that goes. Um, so there's some notable omissions that won't be on the debate stage next week. Uh, is Marianne Wilmingson? I think she became kind of the darling for a lot of people. Just of her debate performance. I personally was, once again, she's one of those candidates that comes in with a different message. It's not the same blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, she's coming in with a different thought process, a different way of getting her message out there, and it's a completely different message. And I always always appreciate that. So it's disappointing to see that she didn't make it. She didn't make it from the polling end. As I understand, uh, there was two requirements to get into the uh, debate. You had to fundraise a certain level, and you had to poll at a certain level. So she didn't like the polling. Uh, likewise with Tulsi, uh, Governor Bullock, and Senator Bennett. Those, those are the other three that will not be. Those are notable omissions. Um, Tulsi Gabbard, another one. She's kind of you know, became a darling for a lot of people. I think a lot of people on the right, even with some of her, uh, maybe not on the right, but I would say more on the libertarian side, she came in, you know, she values privacy. She has a military background. She's not your standard Democrat as, a, you know, at least what they're moving towards is just complete socialism, et cetera. Um, I mean, I think she still is like a Democrat. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to get into the economic side, but... You know, she became a dollar in as well, so it's kind of disappointing to see her miss out. Uh, Governor Bullock, um, he's obviously making claims that this the whole process is trash, blah, blah, blah. But I think he's another one that's very similar to Hickenlooper. He's just using this run to get more national attention so he can uh, get a little more exposure for an eventual Senate run in Montana. Um, obviously, it's traditionally a red state, so him running for senate he's definitely going to need everything he can get and so you know running for president's a pretty good way to get your name out there um and then senator bennett he definitely i think probably has the most frustration it seems to not uh, be omitted omitted from the uh debate stage he as my wife describes him he has a very small mouth and he doesn't talk much with his mouth so uh, that was my wife's impression of him. I think he uh, represents more of the moderate Democrats that are slowly fading away, it seems. Um, so, you know, it would be disappointing not to hear his voice, but, you know, it's the reality is, is that he is never, ever going to be nominated, in my opinion. He really has no chance, so... I wouldn't be surprised within the next month or two if he's when someone that drops out. So just keep being a senator, man. It's a good gig. It's my recommendation from yours truly, Wolfgang. Senator Bennett, drop out, buddy. You got no shot. All right, so, you know, the stage is set. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. And like I said, I'm going to do a full coverage, uh, full analysis. That might actually be, you know, 90% of that podcast will probably be debate discussion i'm going to take pretty uh pretty in-depth notes so really just hash it out because that is i mean you know politics is a big thing in my in my life i think it's something that should be important in everyone's life because that's it's literally something that guides the way you live i mean obviously there's a lot of minute decisions here and there that don't affect your day-to-day life but a lot of decisions that these you know 
a president. It's going to be a president, you know? It's it's an important position. I know everyone pays more attention to just the president. I mean, I strongly support you should get out and pay attention to your local elections as well because that's important. That does affect your day-to-day life, folks. If, if you, you think it's not important, it really is. It, it really is. You need to pay attention as much as you can, um, you know? And I'm I I want to go into politics someday myself, and so I, I I've seen how important you know local offices are. You know they have a lot more power than you think. They and obviously have a lot more uh, touch on your life than the president does. I mean, obviously the president is a president, and that's important. But that's just this is your uh, you know weekly life advice tip. Pay attention to your local elections, folks. All right. Moving on to something a little less, uh, a little less, or yeah, a little less serious. Uh, dog of the week. So first episode we did the corgi, which is my wife's favorite dog. Now we're gonna do my favorite dog, and that's what I want. What I want as soon as we can get one, and hopefully we'll just continue having one for the rest of you know our lives. But yeah, that might be a conversation for another day. Um, but the Bernese Mountain Dog. Yep. It's uh, I actually. I was kind of only recently exposed to them. I would say probably three or four years ago is when I really was like, wow, I, these dogs are great. They're they're silly. They're goofy. They're fun. Like, this is the kind of dog that I want my kids playing with. Um, so, yeah, Bernie's an out dog, if you're unfamiliar. They're pretty good size. Uh, they're about 80 to 120 pounds, depending on how much you overfeed them. <laughs> um, they have a big, thick black coat. Uh, but they have like a nice little white stripe that like runs up like on their neck area and onto their face and it's kind of fun to just uh, it's they all pretty have the same standard look I mean it's obviously there's a little more white a little less white and there's a little bit of brown tint on their faces or on, the, on the, around their paws and it's pretty similar for all of them I mean obviously the amount of color here and there is a little different but they all have this pretty same standard cute look yeah that's what I just called it cute uh, so yeah, like I said, they're pretty good sized dogs, but they're just silly. They're goofy. They, they are a shepherd dog. Um, apparently my wife and I are going to have, uh, just only shepherd dogs. It seems we're just, you know, we should probably just go out and to have our own safari so we can have these dogs, uh, keep all the other animals in line because that's apparently what kind of dogs we like. <laughs> um, one sad part is, uh, in fact, it, Unfortunately, their light, their average lifespan is actually only seven to eight years, which I mean, obviously, bigger dog. I mean, you compare it to the corgi, and that's you know literally half the average lifespan of the corgi. But obviously, bigger dogs don't last as long. But still, seven to eight years is a lot. Is a couple of years shorter than um, like your average dog size for the, what size the Bernese are is their lifespan still less than the average for all the other dogs that are same size. So that's a little sad, but you know, just got to get your got to get your moments in and in the recent study, uh you know, there was Bernies that lived to be 15 and a half. So, you know, it's possible if you give them a good life. Um so their cause of death is weird. I I don't want to get this morbid normally with dogs, but it's just this is kind of Mm, interesting is probably the wrong word, but it's just kind of weird, I guess, uh, is over half of Bernese's, or close to half of Bernese mountain dogs, they pass away from cancer. It's very strange. 
So the average percentage for all dogs is around 25 to 30%, but for Bernese's, it's almost 50%. That's pretty crazy. So I guess whatever they have in their genes or something just, like, makes them more susceptible to uh, contracting cancer. It's kind of depressing. But, you know, they're silly. Um, Yeah, just a little more history. They are from the Switzerland area region-ish. They have a very, actually, specific German name. Which ding 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 hits a bell for me. Uh, Burner Shining. Mm, let me try that one more time. Burner Shining That is their German name, which means uh, Alpine Pasture Dog. That's kind of cool. Just throwing fun facts at you. But yeah, I love them. Uh, I can't wait to have one. Obviously, we're gonna wait until we're uh, maybe have a little more area of the roam around us, so they can uh, you know be happy. And so another fun. Um, just one more thing. Um, just a fun little life connection, I get or celebrity can I don't whatever you want to call it. Uh, so Ben Roethlisberger, uh, notable quarterback of the Steelers, uh, he has a Bernese, and his name is Hercules, and he came back with him after visiting the Switzerland area, trying to uh, you know just look into his family roots and everything and he comes back with a dog a Bernese mountain dog because that's they're from Switzerland as well so that's kind of cool maybe that'll happen to me when I go visit Germany I don't know we'll see could be fun but yeah Bernese great dog can't wait to have one um so I guess that kind of concludes what we uh got going this week or this episode so thanks for listening it's your favorite podcast host Wolfgang uh, once again, I'll give you a quick rundown of what you can uh, kind of look forward to in the next episodes. Because keep listening, folks. We're going to get big, hopefully. And we'll just start talking about more and more fun stuff. Uh, so we got, I think I'm going to start a segment, like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to start a segment probably, Favorite Successful College Football Bets. And obviously the very first one featured on that will be Georgia State. I can assure you of that. Uh, another lined up is the uh, I'm I'm gonna give a Mac Miller tribute. Uh, the dude had a very strong influence on my life. His music still does. So uh, you know, he I'm gonna give him a full segment, and, I, and I'm gonna tell him, tell you why and how he really has affected, like affected so many people. Um, it's just, just such a tragedy that he passed away. His uh, one year anniversary of him passing will be coming up is coming up soon so i think it's fitting that we give him a little yearly tribute so people don't forget about him that's important uh like i said in the other episode there's gonna be a comfort food in the week segment coming up soon we're gonna do like i said the the hard seltzer challenge uh we definitely uh i had some hard seltzer this this weekend and I tried out a new brand i'm not going to reveal what yet so we'll get there when we get there, but I'm excited. Uh, I know my wife is as well. She's very excited for that as well. That's definitely going to be on the episode that she's on. I think that's going to be in two episodes. So I'll record another one in a couple of days, and then I'll uh, have the one with her on it, and that'll be fun. You guys get to finally listen to someone else other than me. So farewell. Have a great day. Uh, have a great week. Have a great, I don't know, Have a great. have a great life, you know. That's my daily, uh, this is my reminder for you guys. It's all good, man. Like, it's just, we're all just trying to have a good time, right? Because that, that, that should be the main goal in life. Yeah, I mean, obviously everyone's one success, but at the end of the day, just have a good time. 
Yeah, it's important. So, farewell. This is Wolfgang. Can't wait to talk to you guys again. Farewell. <laughs>